Friday's Digest Season 1, Episode 12 Today I would like to discuss whether cheating on exams is worth it. And to get the ball rolling, we'll start with story time. It's October 2021. I'm at the last 24 hours of med school, okay, the last day of med school, and then I had two final exams left, and these two exams were 20 hours apart, okay? I had 24 hours with two final exams in it. So let's imagine for a second the stress that I experienced at that time. Do you know that pulse racing stress the day you have before an exam? So put another exam on that stressful day. That sounds pretty crazy, right? That was my timetable in my final 24 hours of med school. The first exam of the two was an oral test, and it was called at the patient's bedside. In this test, you're supposed to showcase, you're supposed to prove the diagnostic skills you've accumulated throughout med school. You know, this kind of test that tests you on everything that you know, this kind of test. And 20 hours later, after the first exam, I should take my final exam, written exam, in psychiatry. Now, that's not a typical med student schedule for the rest of med students. Exams were nicely spaced out and divided between the two final years of med school. But in my case, since I went to med school as an oral and maxillofacial surgeon, I had to take all my final exams in the same year. So I ended up with this crazy schedule. So of course, I had to prioritize placing more emphasis on psychiatry and less on the oral exam. Why, you ask? So, if I fail the oral test the at the patient's bedside exam, I could still have a chance to retake it, earn my medical degree in time, and make it to fellowship. But if I fail psychiatry, I can wave my fellowship goodbye. I wouldn't have time to retake it and still earn my MD degree in time for fellowship. So, did I mention how stressful it was at that time? So, back to story time, and mind you, we are talking about cheating on tests, okay? I'm on my way to my oral exam at the patient's bedside. I knew at that time that I would be tested at the pediatric department, department of kids. It means that I will walk into a room with an actual sick child and their parent, then I'll have to review their medical history, perform a physical exam and diagnose, and then propose a treatment plan. All that under the watchful eyes of two senior physicians who test me. Now, when I prepared for the oral test, I reviewed the crucial aspects, the most important aspects of pediatric medicine, but... I skipped all the fine details, you know, I didn't have time to review everything. And specifically, I skipped two subjects, two subjects of pediatric medicine, one of which was pediatric neurology, it's the nervous system of kids, and pediatric metabolic diseases. I'm not going to even explain what it is, I'll just mention this is extremely, extremely complex subject. So. I'm at the pediatric department and the two senior physicians call my name and then we walk together into an actual patient's room. In that room were the patient and her mother 
And both of them were aware of my status, my student status, and the fact that I'm being tested. And they were pretty much prepared for my arrival. But the moment I entered the room and I laid eyes on the patient, on the kid, I knew I was in deep, deep trouble. Why? So this patient was severely underweight and she had an apparent limb weakness. You saw that she couldn't move her limbs, her arms and legs in a normal manner. What does that mean, you ask? So this patient might have a neurological issue or a metabolic disease. These were the only two subjects I hadn't reviewed, okay? So I'm in deep, deep trouble. This is exactly what I haven't reviewed before my test, and I'm being tested on it. So I took history, her medical history, and performed the physical exam, and then I was taken back to a different room with the two doctors, and they gave me a few minutes to gather my thoughts and reach a diagnosis and recommend a treatment plan. And they left the room. Now, this exam didn't aim to directly test my knowledge, but rather assess my doctor-like thinking and action, okay? But if you make the correct diagnosis and suggest the right treatment plan, you're pretty much certain that you will pass the test. Okay, again, they are testing you on your skills, but if you know the diagnosis and know how to treat, it means much more and you most probably pass the test. Okay, it's a very good thing to know the, the actual diagnosis and the treatment, although this is not the essence of the test. I hope I made myself clear. And in those few seconds after they left the room, I started to write and it was extremely difficult. I didn't really know where to take it. Again, these are the two subjects that I haven't reviewed, pediatric neurology and metabolic diseases of kids. And then a defining moment occurred. Remind you, I'm alone in that room, okay? The two doctors left the room for a few minutes. I glanced back, looked back at the chair behind me on the chair behind me was my bag and in my bag were my notes and in these notes were the answers. All it takes is just a 10 second glance on these notes and the puzzle of this patient would be solved. I will know the diagnosis and I will know how to treat it. So I continued to look at my bag, but then I turned back to the desk and continued writing. I didn't open my bag. But why did I look at my bag in the first place? So I finished summarizing the mess I had in my mind and the two physicians walked into the room and they started to perform the final part of the exam where they asked me questions which of course led to the unavoidable subjects I hadn't reviewed well, pediatric neurology and metabolic diseases. Feeling like a complete fool, my note-packed bag could have been my savior, okay? It could have saved me, but I chose not to cheat. Fast forward 15 minutes and the test ended. They silently wrote something on the test forms in front of them and my mind just raced. Did I just fail this test? 
All I wanted was to pass. I wanted to exit this room and just continue studying for my psychiatry exam the next day. I was so exhausted and so anxious, and then they began to discuss my test. We both think you did very well and have decided that you passed the test. My stunned response to that was, really? I passed? And they both smiled and said, yes, with honors. They caught me off guard. With honors? For real? I asked. So at that moment, they stopped smiling and looked somewhat confused by my reaction. I felt like a complete idiot at that moment for asking them, for real, are you saying that I actually passed the test and with honors? But I just had to make sure. Don't judge me. And then they added, this specific patient had been here for a while and for the first few days, we even didn't know what's her diagnosis. So in my mind, I'm, of course, cursing them for picking this patient for my test, this complex patient, but it was a happy ending. After thanking them and leaving the room, I thought to myself, if I would have cheated on this test, I would never forgive myself. But it was much more than that. So let's, let's contemplate, let's think about it together. What would have happened if I had cheated on my exam? What would happen? I'm, I'm not talking about the obvious, the consequences of being caught, okay? Let's let our imagination do this thing for us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how the rest of my life would look like if I had cheated on that test. First, I might not have received the with honors mark if I had cheated my answers wouldn't reflect my train of thought, my thought process, and my struggle to reach the diagnosis. And if you can't see my thought process, perhaps I wouldn't get the with honors mark. Second of all, if I did manage to earn the with honors badge for that test, I would probably just resent it for the rest of my life. Something so cool to have on your med school log, the with honors mark, but paired with this sensation that I don't deserve it, that sounds like a very, very terrible idea. Third of all, this test taught me something about my abilities. Even when I was confronted with a very complex scenario and tested exactly on what I neglected to review, I didn't review the two subjects that mostly related to this patient, still, I used my clinical skills and judgment to solve it. And I did really well at the end. And this confidence from passing this test with honors serves me to this day. And it will continue to serve me in the years to come. Lastly, and this one may sound funny, if I would have cheated on that test, I wouldn't be able to claim that I never cheated on an exam. For example, if my kids will ask me in the future if I ever cheated on a test, right now I could simply say no, and then explain to them how they would lose all the life experiences if they just cheat. You know, it holds more weight when you just say no, rather than, um, did I ever cheat on an exam? Well, almost never, and then just give a mountain of excuses. So let's wrap up this story time and 
sum it up with the four reasons why I believe cheating on tests is bad for you. Number one, pride in accomplishments. Cheating would take away the pride in your achievements. All the fun will be gone. Number two, learning from failures. Failure will get you where success never will. If you cheat on your exams, you wouldn't have the opportunity to fail and to learn something new. Number three, discovering your true abilities. When you make it against all odds, you discover your true abilities and life will surprise you. And lastly, number four, peace of mind. And peace of mind is the general rule for my life. And it goes well beyond cheating on tests. I would like to quote Matthew McConaughey. It goes like this. An honest person's pillow is their peace of mind. And when you lay down on the pillow at night, no matter who is on our bed, we all sleep alone. So my take is that I would rather be worry-free and proud when I fall asleep at night. Cheating will just ruin it. With that, we'll end today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. See you next time.